no one wants to get hit. Yeah. It's an awful thing. And if you like demystify it in a way, you feel less vulnerable. You feel like like if you're in a situation where someone is actually truly wants to inflict violence on you out of hate, yeah. you could maybe keep a cooler head during that. Hey there, it's narrator Alex again, popping in from a different place in time with a different sound quality, trying to preempt this episode with some sort of dust jacket blurb. Okay, I've noticed some themes in this podcast, and as the purveyor of armchair philosophy that I am, I can't pass up on a good theme. A lot of people's good things have something to do with putting oneself very presently in one's body, of moving past that filter that makes you think you live in your head and your body takes you from place to place. I think that's really cool. Because I know I'm always in need of a reminder that I'm a physical person. Not just an evil brain driving a bodysuit around like so much Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bad guy. What about you? When was the last time you really felt like you were expressing yourself physically? Was it at the gym or on some athletic field, on the dance floor, during some sort of unmentionable adult time, you dusty old pervert? If you're having a hard time thinking of the last time, or at least of a time in recent memory, you might be due for some physical self-expression. I mean, it does a body good. And if you're going to capture the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for whatever fucking reason you need to do that, you need the bodysuit you drive around to be a happy meat machine. So wait, why were they trying to capture the Ninja Turtles? Did they need them for something? Were they an in- ingredient for something? Like, what? Was it a Gargamel kind of scenario? Or were the Ninja Turtles getting in their plans? Who was the cat and who was the mouse in this Ninja Turtle scenario is what I'm trying to get at. Because I'm really confused here. And it's been a long time since I've seen the Ninja Turtles. Why would you go after mutant giant turtles if you don't have to? Okay, enough of my bullshit. Um, Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to At Least There's This, a podcast about some of the small good things in our world of uh, spiraling torment and acid baths of pain. Wherever you are in temporal space, whether you are where I am right now, where Trump is president and maybe we're best friends with North Korea, or you are in the future where uh, North Korea is president and we're maybe best friends with Trump, or you're somehow in the past, and if that's the case, uh, then Stephen Hawking, hi. Things are difficult, whether it is on a global scale, if we're talking about uh, immigration issues and people dying, or it's on a personal scale. You might have just stubbed your toe real bad, or you're going through some heartbreak. It's all painful. But in a world where it seems like you're constantly tripping over trash can lids and getting pooped on by birds, at least there's moshing and or slam dancing. Guys, I am with uh, David Bell. He's a writer, he's a podcaster, and a big fan of, of moshing in pits or otherwise. It's true, I am. Uh, will you intro yourself to my audience real quick for those who don't know your work? Sure. I, I wrote for uh, Crack.com for many, many, many years. Um, and then once that all ended, uh, I began several podcasts with Tom Reimann, 
who has also appeared on the show, or will also. I um, think probably, probably before, before this me. episode, but who the hell knows? Yeah, and we've been doing a series of podcasts. We uh, co-host Best Bad Movie on the Unpopular Opinion podcast. We host, uh, we just watched on our own network called uh, Story Mode, as well as uh, D&D. We also uh, stream tabletop games and video games on Twitch, so we're just always around, <laughs> yeah. doing everything we can. <laughs> you can't get them away from you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I also write for uh, BunnyEars.com, which is a new site, Macaulay Culkin's web- website. BunnyEars is really, really funny. A former, well, not former, a current friend of the show, a former guest of the show, Katie Golden, is a very funny contributor to BunnyEars. I recommend yes, checking that out. So, yeah, if you guys are part of the world that now really enjoys watching people have fun together... And I don't mean that in a dirty way, although it could be. I'm sure there's be. some pornographic D&D live roleplay games. But I recommend checking out his and Tom's stuff. It's really fun. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Our Twitch is Gamefully Unemployed, G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y. Uh, for lovers of puns, uh, yep. there you go. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to talk about your topic in a second. But before we get into that, I usually like to start my interviews with a question about personal outlook. I find it's a good way to get to know kind of what's up with my guest, especially if, like you and I, we've only really talked through email before and never actually met. Yes, this is the first time. Yeah, and uh, can I say, I'm pleasantly surprised. Same here. Yeah, <laughs> you are lovely. You are a lovely man. I'll stop it. Yeah. I'm blushing. Um, <laughs> are you an optimist, pessimist, neither, both? Okay, so both is on the table. Because yes. I would definitely say both. I okay. Think- I think life is terrible. Um, <laughs> I think it's a it's a very unpleasant process, but I think people are great, and we we can work together to get through this nightmare that is life. Wow, um, I love that. Yeah, I think I think it was um, man, he's he's not the most quotable author, but uh, I think it was Chuck Palnick had a had a quote in one of his books that he compared life to a a rock tumbler, <laughs> where it just it just erodes you and beats you down until you're perfect and smooth in the end. Uh-huh. And, and I always liked that comparison, that life is supposed to be kind of corrosive. I really do like that comparison. Yeah, so like that's it's all part of the plan. One thing I like about your responses, I've had a lot of people say both, but for the exact opposite reason. Something like, well, life is beautiful, and there's always a beautiful thing about life, but people, people right. are the problem. So it's fun to hear it from a different, <laughs> the exact opposite. I mean, people are definitely problems, but... <laughs> I think I I don't know I I think this world is just it's it's designed in a way that it doesn't want us here. <laughs> like most of the earth, most of the earth is ocean, and the ocean is terrible. Yeah, it's it, you can't drink it, you can't breathe in it. There's no reason to be in it. It's filled with monsters. <laughs> like the forests are filled with giant lumbering monsters. Like we we just we evolved in this way that made us like completely incompatible with the planet, and now we're like constantly fighting it and sort of winning which isn't a good thing no um endearing but terrible yeah but we, we mean the best we mean well it's 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 a tough question it probably constantly changes depending on my mood as well has that always been the case of you know both are on the table or did you have sort of a a growing process <sighs> i don't know man uh I don't think I, d- I haven't thought about it that much. I've always just sort of gone with the flow. Really? I mean, going to uh, the subject of moshing and and the subject of, you know, when I was a teenager, I got really into punk rock, and that's sort of the. I don't. I mean, it's hard to to nail down a philosophy of punk rock, but one of the overall outlooks is always just 
everything kind of sucks, so, you know, screw it. Yeah. Let's have fun um, while we can. So I'd say that's where I started from, and as I get older, I, I, I adjust it a little bit here and there. As things kind of yeah. come and go. It's, yeah. hard to, it's hard to not change when you get older um, yeah. with this stuff. I'm now an uncle, and, like, having kids that I care about, like, in my life, like, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. One of my... Um... I wouldn't say he's a favorite philosopher, but he's a philosopher who I'm I'm interested in and I read regularly because he operates a Zen center in LA that I go to. Uh, like came from the punk scene before. What's a Zen center? Brad, oh, uh, Angel City Zen Center. Brad Warner. Hmm. Yeah. So he's uh, sort of punk and Zen to him are the same shit. Right. But yeah. what is a Zen center? Oh, it's where you you know just go and sit zazen and then. Yeah. Have some talks. Have I, some actually, I grew up. Um, my my parents were hippies, and I, oh, yeah? I grew up. Um, every summer we'd go to an ashram. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it was a lot of meditation stuff. But yeah. it's funny growing up that way because you naturally like rebel from what your parents do. Right. So the idea of meditation and Zen has always been something that I'm like, I like. It took me a while to come back and, and yeah, and accept it as a good thing. I think one of the things I like about Zen is the fuck everything attitude Mm -hmm. and it feels that way around like a lot of other types of meditation it's like no that's all fucking dumb like don't do that just shut up shut up and stare at a wall and you'll be fine and i appreciate that yeah yeah because i also have a very like well fuck everything attitude and again going bringing it back to mosh pits i i consider mosh pits a form of uh meditation i yeah i actually the thing that made me you've given me a million good segues here but the segue i wanted (laughs) to use because you're very good podcast host is um you you used the metaphor Chuck Palin man his last Palinick? name I, I Palinick I call it Palinick and I don't I don't care if that's right or okay, not okay um, fight us on it Chuck yeah his metaphor of the rock tumbler feels very moshy to me yeah that's true yeah so so mosh pits as a tell me as a person who's been in one what what is a mosh pit well okay how was your experience in a mosh pit i was at a foggy molly's concert that's i don't that's a good choice yeah uh, i'm not a big concert going kind of guy i'm also very small if you haven't noticed that shouldn't be a problem if you're in the right mosh pit i might not have been in the right mosh pit mm-hmm. or maybe i didn't know how to do it right i had a good time cuz i also at that time was like very fit and doing a lot of martial arts so i was like not afraid of anything right. but i still got a little hurt and at the end was like, maybe not for me. Um, I mean, for me personally, um, I've always been a big guy, so mosh pits, I'm in less danger. Mm-hmm. But again, it shouldn't be a problem. For me, what I like about it is it's it's actually, it's it's almost the nonviolent aspect of a mosh pit that if you're doing a mosh pit right, and a lot of people do it wrong, um, when I think of mosh pits, I think of the punk rock, like uh-huh. the, the, you know, the genre that started it. And it's about sort of being considerate of the people in the group with you while kind of it, it's, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick my words right here. It's, it's about giving people just the right amount of violence. <laughs> um, and, and it's, it's what I, what I think it brings to the world is that concerts are terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody hates being at a concert. And so Mosh Pits just sort of cut cut the BS and was like, well, let's all just push each other. Because we all are here to try to enjoy this band together. And none of us like being in a crowd, so let's just all shove each other. 
I but, relate to that so hard. Yeah, and then the, and then the fact like like the fact that there's etiquette to it, and that like if someone drops their glasses, people will stop and help that person uh-huh. get their glasses. That's more of a punk mosh pit, I think. People might correct me if they disagree, but I've been to mosh pits and like metal shows and more like I I was at a Marilyn Manson concert and they had a mosh pit and it was awful. Like people were out for the wrong kind of reasons. Yeah, or... if you're going into a mosh pit and you want to hurt people, then you're going in for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I love I, I love the term that you used, giving people just the right amount of violence. Yeah, it's about it's like it's training your body in a way to very quickly react to the situation around you. It's like a little mini war zone, but you're actually practicing restraint while you do it. That's the idea. Like mosh pits usually stay in the designated the little circle mm-hmm. where it's happening. And what I mean by people of all sizes should be able to go in it is that when I'm in a mosh pit and I'm launching myself across this group of people, if I see a big guy, I know like, okay, he can probably take a certain amount of damage. Yeah. If I see like a 13 year old kid, I'm going to, I'm going to like at a split second, I've learned to dial it back and like right. still, still have fun, still push that kid. Yeah. But, but you sort of learn as you go how to treat people with this weird like respect and like it, I, I it it has almost that same fight club quality where you don't really talk to the people afterwards you sort yeah. of just see them and you nod going back to Chuck Palnick I guess <laughs> this is the Palnick cast mm-hmm. <laughs> it's also sounds a little like um it sounds both like tai chi and like judo away not not less like judo more like tai chi push hands if you've ever no so i did tai chi seriously for four years like my favorite fucking thing for a while and when you're sort of training with another person you're not like trying to wail on each other push each other you just like touch your hands and you're you're trying to give them enough force to like try to knock them off balance a bit and let them try things and they're trying to give you enough pushback and you're like no one's running at each other also because the thought of tai chi is usually old guys so you don't think of that but there's like some young fit dudes who do it too but you're like giving each other a push and a pull to like try things to test things and like feel what it's like to be pushed in a physical space Right, it's it's the moshing is the most athletic thing I've ever done. <laughs> um, but it is sort of like about yeah, sharing a space with someone and like almost practicing this this weird movement, this weird type of violence mm-hmm. with someone else. And yeah, there's there's connections that can be made that way. That's very interesting. You keep coming back to violence, which is something I really want to follow up on because a lot of well, generally, the word violence is a highly negative word. I mean, violence or aggression. Mm-hmm. I guess it is a negative thing. I, I don't know another word for it in terms of moshing because it's aggression, but it's not done out of hate. Right. It's like therapy. That So that is what I find so interesting because you would think, right, to have a good life, it would be a life with little to no violence with little to no aggression but yet it seems like not just in moshing but in a lot of different aspects in the world this is something that people flock to well do you think do you think people are naturally violent probably right i think so yeah i I think that people have naturally violent urges and impulses do you think people need to get it out one way or another 
See, and I guess, yeah. I guess with aggression and violence, I think people get it out without physically touching someone else. Sometimes, sometimes, certainly, it could be, it could be um, emotional abuse mm-hmm. or like a power dynamic or something like that, or self violence. Often, I definitely feel that after I'm in a mosh pit, that something has been therapeutically released, and then there's a, a form of bonding after that. Um. And I consider myself, I'm a very zen guy otherwise. Uh-huh. Most people who know me don't know me for being angry. Um, me being angry is a very rare thing. You keep your cool. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I was, I was raised by hippie parents and stuff like that. <laughs> and at the same time, yeah, I don't know. Um, and I wouldn't credit that to mosh pits, but there's still something there that I need to express when I go in one. And again, it's it's hard to call it anger. It's I guess it's energy. Uh, you, I think aggression was a good word for yeah. it. Yeah, because I think that uh, aggressive impulse is very natural. I think we all have aggression, and just like a lot of our other impulses, there aren't always good sociable ways to expunge that feeling. Right, because it's not, you know, just like it's it's not acceptable to like whip it out and masturbate in public although people have a lot of sexual impulses you have to find a I'm sure there's clubs there's probably clubs yeah. but that there are clubs where you could do that or you have a relationship right. or something right there aren't really great ways to be aggressive in public or be aggressive in society. There, I mean, there's boxing for that reason and judo for that reason. That's true. And it, it, it's not just physical. Like, just being able to scream into someone's face, yeah. which is something that happens a lot. And, uh, again, pe- other people might have different experiences. But some of the, n- the nicest people I've encountered in mosh pits are the most, like, muscular like scary people uh-huh. and it's almost that they have less to prove less to less anger to get out or yeah. like they live their life in a way that they feel safer and so i always found that interesting it's the 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 best people i've moshed with and i feel like this needs like a little bit of explanation because it's it's a word that sounds way way more troubling in this country so the best mosh pits i've been in were with uh skinheads not Nazi skinheads. Right. Um, that's the key thing. Like um, in England, there's a lot more um, non-racist skinheads. It started as a non-racist movement. And they're some of the best people to mosh with. Um, and I I wonder why that is. Like, Because they're some of the scariest looking people. Well, skinheads are super intense. Even the those are like Antifa skinheads, right? Or anti-fascists? Yeah, I mean, yeah. again, it started. It, it was an offshoot of reggae, I think. Really, skinhead? Yeah, it was a working class movement, and then it was like taken over by Nazis, um, and now we know them more as Nazis. But like, like in 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 other countries, there's usually more non-Nazi skinheads than Nazi skinheads, and yeah. I think. The non-Nazi skinheads are very upset with Nazis <laughs> because of what they've done to their little subculture. Oh man, to have a reason to be upset with Nazis other than the big reasons. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> other nice. than the, all the other reasons. <laughs> right. Yeah, that they're just straight up fucking Nazis. Right. Well, there's that intensity to. I mean, if you're going to make it your life that you're going to shave your head and wear combat boots, you probably have some intensity behind you. 
Right, yeah. And I guess if they're in enough mosh pits that they're they're able to calm down. Yeah. Again, it's the worst people in a mosh pit are the people like uh, the, the comparison I wrote a cracked article about this about um it was actually about 50 shades of gray. And when that came out, there were all these people getting in trouble trying to do bondage and doing it wrong. Yeah. And they had the, like the cops called and stuff. And it reminded me of Woodstock 99. Was that it? Oh, when like they when, revived Woodstock? Yeah, yeah. And there was all this awful stuff happening there. And it's because, you know, like in the 80s, moshing, it started as a punk movement. I think it was called mashing. And someone from the Bad Brains had a Jamaican accent and they, they heard moshing. That's that's the story I've heard. And it started in like the hardcore punk scene around here, actually, like Southern California. Uh-huh. And then it went to like grunge and more mainstream. And I think once it did that, the people who were doing it just started doing it more out of anger. And that's what I think of like the comparison to Fifty Shades of Grey, where it was like a bunch of people moshing, but they didn't really know how to do it right. Right. And they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. And they were doing it out of anger. That's how I feel about like most. That's kind of. This word is super loaded. That's kind of the problem with like all culture appropriations when a new thing is sort of discovered by a different that's true. crowd. Like that that's how I feel about a lot of people in hallucinogens. Right. It's like, oh, this is cool. I don't know anyone who knows how to do this. So let's just figure it out. And then you end up like doing it for either the wrong reasons or you get really sick from doing it or right. like you do too much. That's always yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying. That's always been my policy with hallucinogens is to just do it and see what happens. I mean, but mine I, too. Yeah. I've been okay with, you know, well, my policy was that do it immediately when offered, not think about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm makes, not brave enough for that, oh, yeah, quite that policy. For some unfortunate like work days and yeah. stuff like that. Oh, I cannot imagine <laughs> eating mushrooms and then trying to do anything other than be on mushrooms. Right. Oh, yeah. Mushrooms are the worst. I, I have a I have a good with like acid that tends to actually like I I have a worse time smoking marijuana really acid yeah i guess you did have hippie parents growing up yes yeah (laughs) you built an immunity oh yeah the first time i the first time i smelled marijuana my thought was oh so that's what that is (laughs) dad yeah i've been smelling this my whole life that's crazy i had the most uh i guess are they yuppies my parents are they uh i don't know neil just my parents are um you know people who like business I have business parents, so it's a very different kind of upbringing where I had to kind of discover all of this stuff right. for myself as like as counterculture. Right, but yeah. I do think moshing is a gift to all genres of music because there isn't a genre that it isn't appropriate. Mm. Um, I don't care if you're at a folk show. <laughs> because of that, that one principle that um, concerts suck. Yeah. Like, I really think concerts suck. You I agree. stand there the whole time. Everything's expensive. You're crowded together. And and so just push each other. Like, I mean, why not? Yeah, do something communal. That That's one of my problems with concerts is that you, you're in a community, but they're not often communal. Right. And it can be difficult to make something, just be like, uh, be communal. Do a communal thing. Right. Because what, what, what do we do? But having, I think... That seems like the perfect oh, token. Yeah. yeah. Different bands will have different things you're supposed to do in the pit. Um I've seen I've seen different bands have like like a thing that all the fans know to do, like hold hands at this one time and rush the stage. Oh and yeah. Like there's definitely and I, 
I'm sure there's other genres that have the scenes like punk scenes, but there is something very communal about a punk scene. Like whenever, whenever I go to a new one, they instantly are friendly and they want, and you know, they greet me. And, and I think it comes from the fact that you start most punk shows started. Everybody's a stranger. And at the end, you're just talking to people. That's great. Um, and it's, it's like a big messy handshake. (laughs) I had my friend Marcus on uh, a while ago, like early in the podcast and his whole thing was just metal. He wanted to talk about Mm. metal and we talked about moshing a little bit as a part of that. But the thing, thing that was the most exciting to me was the communal experience that like we don't really have a chance to be in giant physical communities especially where the body is so important like right. a lot of communities that people find themselves in like church groups or whatever very sh- little moshing yeah very little moshing at church which i i went and i was disappointed they I, do skank at church a lot i was though. about to say i used to film weddings and there was an orthodox uh, jewish wedding that oh, I God. filmed, we and it was like party. a goddamn ska show. It yeah. was amazing. Uh, Orthodox Jews fucking throw down. Yeah, that they was loved. It was a mosh pit. Yeah, it, yeah, that was amazing. And I, yeah, I feel like that was one of those things where it's like, oh man, more religions need to do exactly yeah. what I'm seeing <laughs> they need to go hard like yeah. this. You also find it like any time I've worked at a Sikh wedding. I used to cater uh, back when I lived in New York, and Sikh weddings in New Jersey. My God, can they dance? <laughs> they fucking go for it. But we often don't have, most of us, unless we're Orthodox Jews, uh, chances to really go at it and especially be physical with other people. Right. And I, I think that there's something necessary about that, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's helped me. <laughs> I think so. I think obviously um, as punk rock gets older, some people can't. As much uh-huh. I've been to, I went and saw. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the name X. They're an older punk band, and I thought it was one of the funniest shows because it's all these guys in like their fifties in uh-huh. the audience. And the moment someone would try to mosh, they just like give them the stink eye. I'm like, what the hell are you doing, man? I love like, how realistic they are, though. Instead yeah. of trying, they like they know. They yeah, know. yeah, yeah. That said, I mean, you could still do it. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's. I do think everybody sort of needs it at some point. I, I, man, I didn't even think to bring this up. I had a whole apartment based around moshing, which some of the most hilarious uh, photographs from my past. We had a, I lived in a punk house for a while, and we had a rule that anytime the song, because we would just have music on random, uh-huh. anytime the song um, "Damaged" by Black Flag would come on, we would just pig pile each other and start moshing and start ruining we went through i think four love seats um that way we would just Shit. we would just get a new one from the curb um we broke many coffee tables we gave up on having coffee tables after a while and there's pictures of them and it, of it and it's like it is a mosh pit and again there was something amazingly communal about that where like we just have a party and if it was people who are new there who didn't know it was always a lovely moment where the beginning of the image would come on and everybody would just freeze and look at each other. But it was funny how quickly people would catch on to it and enjoy mm. it. And like it was this fun, cathartic moment at every party. We were living in a pigsty. Yeah, but like, sounds like. You know, we were in our early 20s. That's, you know, that's what that time is for. So I was really interested by 
the comment you made about it being like a meditation when you're in a mosh. I don't know if it's like a meditation because it, it's it's that it's almost you're not thinking about the moment. Um, but you're training your body, like I said, to have some level of restraint to, to like mm -hmm. to like um, a good turfer, which is actually the name for a uh, song by the band The Addicts is uh, Organized Confusion, where it's like there's a there's there's order to it. There's there's etiquette to it, but it's still chaos. And you're sort of learning how to deal with that chaos in the moment. So it's it's. Uh, I, I guess meditation that feels like meditation to me. Yeah. Cause your mind is a chaotic in the mess. moment. Yeah, yeah. But you're trying to just be here. It feels like walking meditation, right? It's sort of, you're forced to be in the moment because otherwise you can't really daydream in a, in a <laughs> mosh pit. No, you you'll take an concentrate. elbow. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting to me. I think, I love that everyone is meditating now. I think that's great, but I think it's also sort of put meditation in a box. Right. Right. And I don't think that that's good for people or meditation for it to be this thing that exists separate from everything else. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of things can be meditation. Right. I think oh, yeah. that like walking, walking meditation is great. Yeah. I, I don't see why, hitting each other during a concert can't be meditation. I mean, I think ultimately, at least for me, meditation is just a, a form of resetting your brain, of mm. recalibrating yourself and giving yourself their mind a moment to not think about your problems. Right. Really. So whatever form that takes, I think works. It's unfortunate with moshing is that for me, as I get older, I don't get to do it as much. Yeah. It's it's sort of I can't use it as like a daily meditation. Did you, know? you used to go to shows daily? Mm, I mean, that punk house I was talking about, we would do that daily. Yeah, okay. Um, I used to go to shows. I live. I was living with a punk band, so I'd go to their shows. Um, I would maybe go. I would say maybe uh, once or twice a month was when I was having the most shows. When uh -huh. I I would do like me and a friend. We went to. We actually went to New Jersey. Um, for a festival and it's like a week long festival and we went to England for it as well. And those is like, you're doing it every day, many, yeah. many times a day. So I'd have these like intense moshing experiences like that. But now these days it's like in the last couple of years, I've probably been in a mosh pit twice, which is not enough for me. Yeah. It sounds like you need that reset a little bit more often mm. with that reset. Like, are you able to note, especially when you're doing it a lot, like, cool, I, I feel a little less pressure now than I used to? See, I, I didn't, I made actually a point not to think about this that much coming to this podcast. Yeah. But when I go back to the fact that I really am not a guy with a temper. Uh huh. So I'm now asking myself, what am I getting out of the moshing? Yeah. Because it wasn't, it's therapeutic, but it was, it's not something where it's like, and again, I feel like you're doing it wrong if you think this way. If you're like, man, I just need to get to a mosh pit. Right. Like, it's not that feeling. Like, it shouldn't be something you're you're craving or you're going to punch a wall if you uh -huh. don't get it, you know? Well, what about in terms of an antidote to loneliness? I mean, that's part of it. There's definitely a lot of physical intimacy in a mosh pit. Uh-huh. Um, and... and Usually that's okay. Obviously, again, this was the with um, Woodstock '99. There was like sexual assault and stuff uh -huh. like that. That's not what I'm talking about. Right, no right. groping. Yeah. Um. That's 
always a common problem. And again, people are very good at policing that stuff usually in punk mosh pits, at least from my experiences. Yeah. But there's a, just a lot of skin mashing skin in general. Right. Um, and there is something unique about that, I guess. I would agree. I don't know any other practice, I suppose, other than some very vigorous dancing at like yeah. you know, certain hippie parties. I think. Right. I mean, maybe. Maybe I'm overcomplicating it, and this is really what people get out of just dancing at a club, too. Like, I might just be describing everything that people... Because I have friends who would go out and go to clubs and yeah. stuff. And that's something they would feel like they need to do um, as well. So maybe it's a very similar experience. Maybe, but I at a mosh pit there, I'm I'm just doing conjecture work right now. But it sounds like you are slamming into bodies more. Like, if you were at a dance club and you're hitting other people's bodies that often... Probably get kicked out. Probably get kicked out. And if you're touching people, unless you are just like a Casanova, you probably aren't touching people that much. Right. Right? I also think the intent of people in nightclubs it can be more uh, nefarious, I think, than mosh pits. Yeah, or at least, um, like, if not nefarious, at least sexual. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mosh pits, if you go to a mosh pit for a sexual thrill, then, again, I think you're <laughs> doing it wrong. Um, unless you're not bothering anybody. If it's, like, a weird fetish, yeah. I guess. I don't I don't know. If you like to get hit a lot, like, yeah. shoulders to shoulders, I guess. Uh, again, I haven't done that a lot, so I'm just, you know, right. just conjecturing. But it does sound like there's a physical intimacy... From what you're describing, physical intimacy that most people don't often get in their lives outside of maybe athletics. Athletics is a version of it. It's also an opportunity to like get punched, get hit, and know what that's like. I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't normally, you know, in civilized society, if everything goes well, we don't get hit <laughs> very often. Yeah. Um. Man, I'm I'm just I'm remembering things about myself and I'm like, what does that mean? Because oh, like me, in college, I used to dare people to hit me. Really? Yeah, and I've took a few blows to the face, and now I'm wondering like, oh, I'm alcohol was involved, obviously. Uh, sure. But like, why was I doing that? Like, do you know I, why? No. <laughs> and it's all it ties into moshing and 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 like taking uh, physical damage. There must be something I got out of that. I guess seeing... Something cathartic. Seeing what your body is made of, maybe? maybe. Seeing what you can actually handle? Yeah. I broke someone's hand doing that. Them punching you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was their fault. I mean, they yeah. They punched me in the they wrong place. You. Yeah. I mean, I told them to punch me, but... Yeah. Did they punch you in, like, the forehead or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. On the side of the head. You don't do yeah. that. You don't want to do that. No. Which is funny, because I've I've also realizing I've never really hit anybody else. Like, I don't throw punches. I've just taken a lot. That's so interesting. Well, one, that sounds like you don't have a lot to prove, which is cool. Sure. Uh, I come from the opposite end, being like 5'5 five, five on a good day, where it's like, no, I could get squished like a bug. Maybe I should see what I can do. Right. Um, but what is it? What do I read from that? It sounds like it sounds like you're curious about your own existence. Like, what? Sure. what am I? You know? Sure, I guess. I'll I'll take that conclusion. Yeah, sure. It might be total <laughs> bullshit, but Although, I, I don't know. Yeah. I do think you should try out another mosh pit. Because yeah. you did Flogging Molly, which they they can be a little like I, I mean, I'm from Massachusetts, so like uh Dropkick Murphy's was the, the band there. Yeah. Similar band where that, that group can be a little surly, uh -huh. a little tough tough to deal with. Yeah. Um 
I feel like you a good like ska punk show you might enjoy. I don't know. It's uh, I think everybody should do it. I apparently just I did it and I didn't stop. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I, I got something out of it. You must have gotten a lot out of it because it sounds almost like an addiction a little bit. I guess. Although, yeah. I mean, I haven't like I haven't challenged anybody to punch me in a <laughs> good ten years at this point. I guess you got what you needed out yeah. of having people punch you. Yeah, I think when especially when we're young, but in general, I think when we're young because we don't have the filter that we need to stop. There's this curiosity about like about existence and about your body, your, like your physical place in reality. Yeah. Sorry, I'm also realizing I did that as a kid too. You had people punch you as a kid? I, I, I my parents told me I think I was into Houdini at the time and Houdini. Oh did yeah. That. And I think that was trying to be Houdini. So there must be there's there's got to be some connection with it. It is what you're saying. It's finding your personal your physical limits. Yeah. And if you realize that your limits are like maybe I just have a bigger, better pain tolerance than other people, or something where I I thought it was cool, like the the fact that I was able to do something, yeah, or take endure something that other people would like not want, you know, not in a right. million years want. I think it's also just it's that idea that no one wants to get hit. Yeah, it's an awful thing, and if you like demystify it in a way, you feel less vulnerable. You feel like. Like if you're in a situation where someone is actually truly wants to inflict violence on you out of hate, yeah, you could maybe keep a cooler head during that. Right. You've been hit enough. It sounds like people who like to see scary movies because there right. are horrifying things in the world. But if you go and sit or a roller coaster, you inflict it on yourself in a semi-safe environment, then you're kind of taking the power back. I don't think bit. it works though. No, I I mean I'm I also like horror movies. I've done skydiving. I've done roller coasters. Mm -hmm. I've I have done thrill seeking, but I've also been mugged. And the feeling I got being threatened in a real environment was entirely different. You, you know, like yeah. I did feel cowardly. I did feel ashamed. You know, yeah. like it's. I got mugged too. I can totally empathize. It's funny how that is. Is that you're right? Is I think it is why we do these things. Um, but I don't know if it entirely works. Yeah, I uh, I did martial arts my whole life. I got mugged when I moved to L.A. Dude pulled, like, threw his car into park, jumped out, said he had a gun. I was like, fine, take my wallet. I don't yeah. – fuck, just leave me alone. Go. And then he – I blacked out, so he must have hit me. Right. And I clearly didn't do shit. I just woke up covered in blood on, on the pavement. Right. Because, I mean, why would anybody do shit? That's the thing is yeah. that – a that's what a mugger is betting. They're betting that whatever's in your wallet isn't worth <laughs> isn't fighting right. for. It. So, and it's true. It's just yeah. like, yeah, here, take right. Jesus, take the money. I don't care, you yeah. maniac. Here, <laughs> you're trying to punch me or shoot me. You like, have a gun. I do it even if you didn't. Yeah. I do it to be alone away from you. Yeah, exactly. If you just asked aggressively, yeah. I probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was basically what happened to me because I was in. It was me and a friend in uh, in London, and uh -huh. there's no guns there. Yeah. So it was just a guy like I'm gonna hit you. It actually he didn't succeed because we didn't have any money on us. Oh, that's the sucks. time. But it was like a very. It was like that situation of like I don't know how to deal with this individual. Yeah. And yeah, nothing about it felt empowering. I didn't, you know, that idea in the and the moment, I didn't know what to do. And then afterwards, it was like, man, I, all the like, you know, you have that list of all the things you right. could have done. Done this, yeah. I could have yelled, I could have fought, I could have right. 
But did you go back and mosh after that? Have you yeah. been to a mosh? Well, that was since? at the end of. Oh yeah, that was yeah. at the end of a the week long moshing trip. Um, I remember when I got mugged. I made myself. I I do yoga a lot, and I made myself go back and do yoga again. So right. I was like, "Fuck it, this is my like body, right. and I have to deal with how afraid I am of being alive right now." I mean, you got You can't let situations like that take things away from yeah, you. Yeah, like. Did you have any marketed different feeling about when you got back in a mosh pit after you got mugged? I don't think so. Don't Although, think so? Yeah. well, it's hard to say because that was the end of that trip. So it was like I we flew back from England. We were exhausted. Uh-huh. We were like 19 at the time. Okay, so yeah. um, I was probably too young to learn anything from the experience or to think about it yeah. that much. And then I can't remember the last mosh pit I was after that, but it certainly I certainly was in many more. Um it's weird. I don't ever remember being angry or upset or jealous or any feelings in getting into a mosh pit and those feelings coming out in right. a negative way. And I think, again, this is what people are like with dancing. It's just like, screw everything. I'm going to go out. I'm going to dance. I'm going to have a fun time. Right. And it's always been that. It's always been like, oh, no, I'm going to mosh. I'm going to forget everything, all my problems, and I'm going to go. That's why it strikes me like meditation because right. it's not like therapy. Therapy, I go, I talk to my therapist, and I'm trying to work through something. Sure. I'm – I – keep you know reacting angrily around this situation or whatever like i keep being a dick about this or i'm attracted to this but when i meditate if i'm trying to work through something it's a shitty sit like i'm trying to just sit right i've never been to therapy but yeah that i'm like the only person who's never been to therapy but that makes sense yeah you don't feel necessarily good after therapy no no, as opposed to medicate meditation where if you're doing it right you always feel good. Yeah. And if you're interrupted, it's very upsetting. That's one of the things. This doesn't happen as much, but I yeah. remember going to shows and the people who would own the bar or the wherever it was taking right. place would like have bouncers go in the mosh pit. And stop you. And that was yeah. the only time I've seen mosh pits go violent, go actually wrong, is if someone gets in the way of everybody. Oh, yeah. That or when an actual Nazi shows up. That's, that's and then been. And people kick the shit out of the Nazi. But the, well, no, that's the thing. They just sort of bounce them. Um, because it's not about violence. It's, yeah. it's like, no, we don't want you in here. Get out. So they like push the Nazi out? Yeah, I'd okay. say so. I, I was in downtown Disney oh, shit. Um, at a Guar show. <laughs> great, great freaking combination of things happening. And um, and Guar is a great. Uh, and they're not punk. Although, I mean, a lot of punks like them. They're one of the best mosh pits you could go in. They fire blood and, and guts and stuff That's at the audience. Nuts. So, like, the floor's slippery and you're moshing. It's very, it's, it seems like it should be more dangerous than it is. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, a guy took off his shirt in the pit, giant swastika. And I, like, turn and look at this guy next to me, and he's this big guy. And we both, like, look at each other, and we're like, yeah, let's get this guy out. <laughs> and we sort of tried to shove him out, but it's Disney, so security was there like yeah. that. Because Disney doesn't want any of that. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's a, it, that's it's Nazis or if security tries to get involved and stop everybody because they think it's a liability. Yeah. But like it usually handles itself. The best the best version of this I've seen was when I went to England, it was in this small town called Morecambe and they had a 3-day f- punk festival. And this is just what I heard at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true, but it's also what I observed is that they sort of told the cops like just con- just stay away. Yeah. And they had been doing this every year and it was very good for their economy and stuff. So it was just this this 
area taken over by punks, like a campground and then a couple venues and stuff. And I barely saw security because they had sort of learned like, yeah, it takes care of itself, the situation. And there were Nazis there, but they just weren't allowed to go in. They just stayed on the outside. And eventually after day one, they were gone. Oh, that's great. Because, uh, yeah, it was it was. It's it's just sort of a thing you deal with. It's it's like aggression, but it's not. It's again, you don't want to like freak out. You just want to get them out of there. Yeah. That was like that whole debate about should we punch Nazis? Yeah. It, I always found amusing because I was like, no, you just, you, yeah, you hit them if you need to get them out. You just get them out of there. You just, I don't know, you don't debate them. You just bounce them. <laughs> yeah, you just bounce them. This, I, I want to ask one last question as we're sure. getting towards the end of our recording session. We've talked a lot about why it's sort of good for you and your outlook, but. The fact that moshing exists, do you think that makes the world a better place kind of for everyone? I think for concerts. Um, yeah. All right. For everyone. It's tough because it's it doesn't affect everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, man, that's tough. Because like I said, I don't think, um, I don't. I don't think everybody moshes correctly. Mm. I'm a mosh uh, elitist, I guess. <laughs> so I think if you're going to like, um, if you just go like, if you're just going to a popular like rock show or something, people are moshing. It might not be great. Yeah, might not be a great experience. But it, it's yeah, it's definitely done a lot of good for a lot of people. And for that reason, I want to say that it makes makes the world a better place. Hell yeah! How much better? I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, sli- at least slightly better. Slightly better. Yeah. Something fraction. making the world a fraction better yeah. is a really good something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So as we're coming to a close, this has been a really great conversation. I want my audience to be able to find you. Where can they find you on the internet? Not find you in person. I don't want them to be able to track you down. I mean, they can bring it on. Okay. They can track me. Yeah, no. you've taken um, punches. <laughs> you know how it feels. Um, my Twitter is at uh, Movie Hooligan. Um where I tweet about everything. I, I, I try to tweet more. I'm, I'm bad at it. Um, but we also, me and Tom, we host uh, the podcast network and a streaming network called Gamefully Unemployed. And that's Gamefully Un on the, on the Twitter. Um, we have a Patreon, which uh, we're, we're pushing. Uh, Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. Um, give us money and we'll, we'll keep doing this and hopefully do it for a living. That would be nice. Yeah. Give them money. You guys. Yeah. Give us money so we can play games for a living (laughs) because we have no other marketable skills. I've spent 10 years in internet comedy writing. It's an act of charity. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to, uh, to me have great conversations. I know that you could do anything else with your time and I appreciate you doing it. If you liked this episode or any other, please share it with a friend. Find me on Facebook. Find me on Twitter. It's at at least pod for both. Give me a like. And if you are moshing and you, you drop your glasses and you want to maybe go to the bathroom, clean them up, take a break. Why don't you pull out your phone? Go to uh, the iTunes store, wherever you get podcasts, and give at least there's this five stars because it means a lot. Thank you. I'll talk to you guys soon, and have a good day. Bye.